Hello, this is Learning Tarot Together. I'm your host, Felix Kingsley, full-time social worker, part-time tarot enthusiast, and I'm here to share my journey into learning the meanings behind all 78 tarot cards with listeners and guests. This week, we'll be looking into the meaning behind card number nine in the Major Arcana, the Hermit. Here to help me is Ellie. Hi, Ellie. Hi, how are you? You know what? I'm making it through. (laughs) Uh, So before we get started looking into the card, what is your personal history with tarot? You know, tarot was actually something relatively new to me, which is how I found your podcast. Um, I just wanted to see if I could learn them. That's kind of how it started. I was like, you know, this is fun. Again, I'm kind of jealous of like people on TikTok that can do this. So I just want to try it. And it ended up just being something I became really quickly obsessed with. And it was just such a fun way to journal and like gain insights and you know, talk to other people around me, like such a great conversation starter. So I haven't been doing it for very long, but that's kind of how it started. You know, I really relate to that. Like I was at a conference um, earlier this year and I didn't know anyone there and I was getting really lonely. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pull out my tarot cards and someone will come to me. And then it happened within like five minutes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. People are always like, oh, can you do mine? I'm like, absolutely. Let me give it a try. Here we go. Yeah, I'll do it. But I'm like, I'll be very slow at it if we're doing it live. Like, it's going to take me a while. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting. On one of your episodes, you said that you type yours, like you text them. And that's how I prefer to do mine, too, because I can really put thought into them. Yeah. Whenever I do it out loud, I just feel like I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like I'm not giving as good of a service to folks. It Maybe one day I'll be able to do that, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm on the same page. So the card we're exploring today is the Hermit. So in the Fool's Journey, or the story of the Major Arcana, the Fool has gained maturity, and now he meets like a mentor figure in the Hermit. And the Hermit really encourages reflection and a higher understanding of self. Did you have any like relationship or feelings about this card before preparing for the episode? I didn't. And honestly, I don't think that I've ever pulled this in a reading. Not that I've been reading for years. I'm sure if I had been reading for 15 years, I'd have pulled it. (laughs) But I haven't. So the first thing that stood out to me about the Hermit card is really just the simplicity of the card. And I was like, okay, this will be interesting to kind of dive into because compared to some of the other ones, it's just very simple and minimal in like its design. I I very much agree. So talking about the design of this card, it's one that I find much more consistent across decks. Like I feel like some cards you see like so many different variations of, but this one, it tends to be pretty much the same image. It is typically an old man in some sort of cloak, or if it's not an old man, it's some sort of human figure in a cloak holding a staff and then holding out a lantern. And it's yes. just kind of like this, this look of someone... In the Rider Waite Smith deck, he's on a mountaintop, or it's implied that there's snow at his feet. And so the kind of idea is this image of like a, an old sage or a guide or someone who is leading you on a path. So I also was really struck by the simplicity of this card, which made researching the history of it really interesting. I spent some time reading the Rider or Arthur Waite's uh, description of the Hermit, which was, first of all, if any of you have read A.E. Waite's descriptions of the cards, they are so esoteric. Like, they're so <laughs> difficult and challenging to read. 
a lot of it is just him talking shit about other philosophers or like it's so I had to sit there with my friend and go through it paragraph by paragraph and like translate it for myself. And then I realized in the end that most of his description of the card is just talking shit about people's previous depictions of the card. So that made me curious, like what changes has this gone through? So apparently originally the hermit was associated more with the concept of the passage of time. Which is really not what we see today, but I guess he didn't used to have a lantern. He had like a an hourglass. And then that began to change in the 15th century with the French hermit cards. They changed it to a lantern. And then he started to have this more modern concept of being like a pilgrim or a monk or like a seeker of wisdom in some way. And then the 19th century French occultists, they started to fit in this idea of prudence and... This is what Waite was complaining about. He was saying that the only reason they decided to make this card the prudence card is because it was the only of the four virtues, which are a thing, I guess, that was not present in the other cards. So there's already strength, justice, and temperance. Those are already major arcana cards. But prudence, the fourth of the virtues, was missing. So some people have placed it onto this card. And that's really shaped a lot of how we think of it today. Uh, but then Waite disagreed and basically said, no, this card's not about isolating yourself or withholding yourself from the world. He's not on a quest for wisdom. He already has wisdom. He is showing others how to achieve what he has. Yes, that's so interesting. Yes. Right? I found that fascinating. And I and I feel like when I think about modern interpretations of this card, it really kind of takes from a lot of those different elements so in in Waite's description he is a monk in the picture that you see he's supposed to be like a monk or a sage and he is someone who has like dedicated his life to prayer and contemplation and the greater truth who is there he wasn't saying i don't think that he's not prudent but that he is not like especially wise he is someone that anyone could achieve to be if they simply dedicate themselves to understanding in that way. Yes, I think that's so interesting because when I've done some polls and kind of like tried to integrate this into them just to, you know, prepare myself for this. And that's kind of the message that I reflect from it. It's that you're when you go into this like isolated state as a hermit, you come out with knowledge that you can then pass on to other people. So I kind of feel like I, I definitely see that it's something that is to be achieved by everyone or can be achieved by everybody. It's not this like holier than thou, for lack of a better term, kind of position, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's not this idea because I think sometimes we think of mentorship. We sometimes think about people holding like some unique knowledge and it's like, that's not <laughs> most people, very few people, I feel like on on this earth have like some special unique knowledge that no one else could achieve. It's just we all need the scaffolding to get there. And we all need the direction and assistance to achieve further understanding. And not that this card is inherently about mentorship. You know, it's just one way this card can be interpreted. But I do find that concept of it really interesting when when reflecting on its meaning. So going into that, let's go into the upright meaning of the card, which we've already started touching on. 
modern understandings, like if you're going online right now and you're searching on the web, the words you're going to see are like self-reflection, introspection, contemplation, withdrawal, search for self, inner guidance, and spiritual enlightenment. I would say those are the major themes that I see coming up. Yes, I totally agree. And kind of that like inner meditation and like being more aware of consciousness. Yes. And I think it's really about this internal journey. And it's interesting when you think about it. So where it came from. So by which I mean, strength was before this. So before we get to the hermit, and we're going through the major arcana, you know, you start off with, you know, the fool, so to speak, learning about the world, learning that he can act upon the world, learning that they can cause an effect, and also learning about the relationship to other people, and then kind of learning with the chariot going towards, I'm going to make a difference in the world, and then with strength realizing that it's not all about you, it's like compassion and sharing strength with others and like helping to build each other up. And then we get into the hermit. And the hermit is this moment between this kind of basic understanding of of the world and your interactions with it, and then taking that information and synthesizing it in a way, and coming to a greater understanding of yourself and your place in the world is kind of what I, the themes I get out of this card, thinking of it in its story plays. Yes. Yeah, I see that a lot, too. I I do guess when I'm looking at it, and maybe it is because of the research that I've done, but I do see, like, a guide in this, maybe more so than it's supposed to be interpreted. Because, like you said, a lot of the words are, like, introspection, contemplation, you know, truth-seeking, being alone. But when I look at this card, I really do see it almost as, like, it looks like a lighthouse in the ocean. Like it looks like this beacon calling to people and kind of giving that understanding that you gain from that isolation. So um, that's kind of like a secondary like interpretation. I think that I've seen in this card, which it's there in the writings, but I guess just not as much as like the way that I feel it speaking to me. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing about these cards is that so much of what they are is really in what we perceive them to be. So I I had my first professional tarot reading relatively recently. I had never gotten like a really professional one. I was in San Francisco and I went and I got <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm in San Francisco. I'm gonna go get a tarot reading. At one point, you know, she turned over the cards and I at one point I made a comment that I remembered what all of the cards meant, except for one of them I was kind of blanking on. And she kind of looked at me for a second and said, I need you to forget for a moment all of the things you've read about these cards and just be present for what they're saying to you now and that was really interesting to me because i'm someone who really benefits from structure like i like having something to build off of and that's also i think why the imagery of the cards is really important and why some images some versions of decks you know i have a really hard time reading because they don't have really vivid imagery to hold on to and while this card is a very consistent imagery, I feel like it speaks a lot to what it is. Like, it's such a key image in most of our brains. Like, we, so many of us have this, you know, like, this image of the old man, like, this wise old man, you know, that's such a ubiquitous image, I feel like, for so many of us. And I think that that one, I believe, 
spreads across many cultures and everything too. And then the light, this like you said, this beaconing light, which I really like your comparison to the lighthouse because I think that's really apt. Uh, you know, that light shows us where to go or like guides us on our path. So this card really evokes such a strong image and such a simple one. Yes. And I, I honestly really like the modern witches tarot card um, of this particular one because it's a woman, but it's essentially the same image. There's just something about it. I mean, that just feels a little different. Yeah. She's kind of, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I know I saw it when I was researching because that was one of the ones that was like the most dissimilar and it was still basically the same image. Right. But she's kind of like reaching towards like a desk or something, isn't she? I think so. And this was one that I actually don't have either. Um, but I was looking at it online and was looking at the the imagery. And again, you feel this sage and this woman or this man, this person that likes to be alone, but also just has this like heart to share what's going on. Um, so I kind of feel like I've got it's almost it's like a very small sense of community and just like this desire to have one on one like fulfilling conversations with people. Yeah, I like that. Like I think of I guess when I think of the hermit, I don't think of him as being like removing himself from society in a way where he doesn't want to connect with others, but so much as just being very intentional about the way right that he interacts with others. Like an old librarian, I don't know. <laughs> it's like some like it's some old man that owns a bookstore who will talk to you about any book that you pick up, but you have to come to him first. I like that because it's better. I can't help, I think, just because of the imagery of the card, but just thinking of like Gandalf or something. Yes. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, he just shows up at the time that is most needed. But so my kind of I was thinking a lot about this card last night. And I think my basic interpretation for this card as advice, like if we're thinking if we're pulling this card and we're looking for advice from it. My thought is that it is basically calling you to make the best decisions that you can in the present with the information that you have available to you and to seek out knowledge to make better decisions in the future. And the reason that I say this is because thinking so much about the history of this card in relation to prudence, so the idea of, you know, thinking ahead and making, you know, wise decisions, conserving your energy, but also in thinking of honestly, in like Waits' depiction, some other depictions, talking about this card in the sense of exploring the world and exploring understanding in a way to get closer to what I feel like I have to step back. I read a lot about Spinoza because Waite referenced this guy Spinoza, who is, I think philosopher might be the best word, who talked a lot about like his conception of God and his conception of God was that God is like the physical forces forces of nature, not mm-hmm. not like a person or an entity, but like the rules that govern our earth and that God is like in all things and like all things are God, basically. It was my understanding. I could be butchering this. So like if there's some philosopher listening to this who's like, what are you talking about? That's not what Spinoza was about, but that was my understanding. And so I think of it as kind of like, we are always seeking out understanding ourselves better to make the best decisions we can to live a life as close to like a just life as we can. And so 
if this card is coming up, it's calling for you to have convictions, to act upon those convictions, and to constantly be exploring the world more to deepen your understanding of the world and yourself and your place in it so that you can continue to make better and better decisions that are more and more in line with what your beliefs and what you value are. Right. A hundred percent. This is why I love tarot. Like it's so deep, like it can go like so deep from such a simple card and you can just really dive into just like your humanity from it. It's like all of these cards represent or can relate to an experience that you've had. And with Spinoza, I've heard a quote, maybe it was him and maybe it was somebody else. So I'm sure we'll hear about it. But I've heard like some people, it's like, think of God as the clockmaker, but once the clock has been made, it's set to run. So, you know, all of these things that kind of just, they are what they are at this point and they run as if they're supposed to run. Yeah. Yes. Which I always find interesting because when you think about it that way, and I think Spinoza talked about this too, like a conception of free will and free will being kind of like a relatively nonsense conception, but like, what does it matter anyways? Like, because you can't change it. Like, <laughs> um, it, so it's always interesting when I think about that in that context of people interpreting these cards, if they don't have this kind of basis of free will, then what does it matter? But then I always think about it in the terms of we react without thinking mm-hmm. a lot of times, right? So if we want to control ourselves, basically, we have to come to understand ourselves and change the way we react to things by better understanding what what different things trigger within us. You know, like we have to come to better understand, like if something happens and I act in a way that I wish I hadn't, why did I do that? And how can I make a better decision in the future? Right. Well, so that's like one of the things that I wrote down for this card was, you know, the major lesson that I take from it is like, this is about lessons learned within your own isolation. And isolation I'm using loosely, but lessons learned within your own isolation, like within your own self-searching about how you're reacting to things, why you're reacting to things the way that you are, why you have certain feelings about what's going on around you. In taking the lessons you're learning from that and then learning how to bring those lessons back in your life and the things that you are practicing and as a guide for somebody else because we all learn these lessons. It's something as simple as I went to Pride with my sister and her friends and her poor friend was wearing like shoes that hurt her feet and it's like as an older, I'm not old, I'm 25, but like <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're looking at a teenager and you're like, oh, come on. Like it's that those lessons that you learn in reflection of yourself, like, okay, well, my feet hurt walking around Chicago, so I'm never going to do that again. And mm-hmm. you just want to give these, it's, that's a, such a small and insignificant like example, but it's these lessons that you gain with age and you gain with, you know, reflection upon yourself and, keeping those lessons at heart and keeping those lessons at mind in mind and passing them on to other people cuz i see the i see the kindness in the hermit's face like he seems very welcoming to me it's like somebody that welcomes you in 
And it's like, look at my mistakes. Look at the mistakes that I've made. Like, I had blisters on my feet for four days, so now I hope (laughs) that you don't. And I just see it as almost just like a paternal or maternal figure of just guidance and let me tell you the stories that I have so you don't have to make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something really beautiful about it is that, again, it's so interesting because when you just hear the the phrase, the hermit, that has some really specific connotations. And I, you know, you think of someone, you know, secluding, doesn't want to interact with people. You might even think of like a curmudgeon kind of person, mm-hmm. um, you know, why have they separated themselves? But in this case, it seems to me, and I'm curious to get your take, that the isolation aspect of this card is less about, like I said earlier, less about separating themselves from society and more about coming to a greater understanding of their place in society. And that sometimes you have to take a step back from all of these inputs you are receiving and really get in touch with yourself and your own internal voice. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't know what your interpretation of the isolation aspect of this card was. I typically feel like I have a more positive outlook on cards. Like when people tell me it's like, oh, I've gotten like such negative readings. I'm like, really? Because I feel like it's really just all of these like readings. I feel like it's really just a chance to turn inward and to reflect. But I see this as a positive card, but I am an introvert also. So that might be part of it. But I feel like we really do learn our best lessons Once we're reflecting, I really think it's almost like looking in the mirror, but then giving that to somebody else as well. So I don't see it. Yeah, because when you say like curmudgeon or like this kind of isolated, grumpy old person that doesn't want to be around, that's just not the feeling that I get from this card. I get more of a of a journey in a, you know, somebody guiding somebody else and standing there and kind of ready to help but also that turning inward isn't a negative thing and also just kind of this idea of trusting yourself and trusting your own inner wisdom is always strength yeah and I think that goes again to what we were saying about that this isn't some special wisdom it is the wisdom that we all can achieve as long as we take the time to process things and reflect on things. So, I mean, when we think about most of the changes in our life or like the big ideas or epiphanies, a lot of times it'll be like there's an inciting incident or something. And then some time goes by and it could be hours, it could be days, it could be however long. And then you start to think about that incident and you start to reflect on your feelings about that. And then you start to get new thoughts about that. And then you start to change your mind about that situation and start to gain new understanding. And all of this is happening to no one that no one else would even know is going on unless you share it with them. You know, this is all something that's happening within us where we grow and we change so much just by what someone else might perceive as us just sitting there, (laughs) you know, or like we're laying in bed or we're in the shower and like we're going through these processes of, of change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just saying that, like, it just reminds me of like, when you go through traumatic things like a breakup, and it's like, you have all these thoughts right away. But when you've taken time to sit with it, and to think about it, and to understand the lessons that you've gotten from it, and to see it as this wasn't, you know, 
as big of a tragedy as I thought. This is really just a change. Like this is part of the transformation is turning inward and like really thinking about the lessons that you've learned, but also the feelings that you've had good and bad and learning how to process those in a way that they teach you something. It's like experience is the best teacher. Yeah, exactly. So then going into the reverse meaning of this card, um, if you're listening and you don't know what that means, that means if you, when you put the card out, the way it's facing, some people feel that that matters. So if it's facing upright, that's the interpretation we just said. And if it's facing upside down, then we tend to refer to that as a reverse. Now, you don't have to use the reverse in your card readings. You can just read them however you feel is appropriate. But I still like to review it anyways. So the modern understanding when you're looking, again, when you're kind of looking online or looking in books, it tends to be that the reverse of this card deals with loneliness, isolation, reclusiveness, rejection. It can also deal with like returning to society. So maybe you have been kind of in this reclusive state and now you're coming out of it. And it also can do with like restrictions or being paralyzed by fear. Now, I struggle with the reverse of this card, mostly because I just feel like this card is so positive to me. <laughs> that I, I, when I think of the reverse, I tend to think of taking this card to an extreme. Yes, I do too. Or lacking in this card. Or like you are lacking in some way in this theme. So did you watch The Good Place? I've seen episodes, but yes. Okay, so I think of the reverse of this card as being kind of like cheaty. Uh, so basically <laughs> losing yourself in the pursuit of moral perfection. Right. What I think of like the ideas of like if... The upright version is thinking like internal reflection, making the best decisions you can, learning, growing, becoming a more like just and whole person. Then I think of the reverse as being you are too in your own head and you are not acting. You are overanalyzing to the point where you are just causing anxiety within yourself and you know, you have to be open to be able to make a mistake or learn from experience. And if you're not allowing yourself to take chances or to to move on from the on from reflection, like you can't just reflect endlessly forever. You have to eventually move into the action phase. That's kind of what I think of when I think of the reverse of this card. Or, of course, the more obvious, like if if this is referring to a specific person in your life, that it could be like a false guide or someone who's leading you astray. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I tend to see, I don't actually do a lot of reverse meanings because I feel like I'm a Libra. So I feel like I'm always <laughs> just trying to find the balance in the cards. And usually I feel like if a card is in reverse, I interpret it more in the upright meaning, but you're you're going too far with it is exactly what you said. So maybe you're going into isolation in this card and you're reflecting, but then you're not fulfilling that second part because what good is reflection if you don't act on it? Or if you're withdrawn and lonely and you're always isolated by yourself, you're not getting the experiences that prompt you to have these reflective moments that help you grow as a person. So I I kind of interpret cards like reverse cards in that way of there's so much beauty typically in the upright card and there's so many options of what the upright card means that when you flip it to me it seems like 
you're leaning on one part of it, but you're not allowing the other part to come to its completion. Yeah, I tend to think of the reverse for myself. I, I, I still use reverse in my readings. I'm starting to slowly move away from it. But what I feel is it's almost like calling special attention to the card if it's in reverse. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is an area you might really need to pay attention to. Or like, hey, this is an area you might be struggling with. Or maybe is like a theme in your life that is something needs to change there. You know, I think of it more as like a warning sign to like further reflect on the themes of the upright version of the card. Yeah, I like that. It's almost kind of like this is like a yellow flag. So if you're shuffling through a deck and you kind of you get the reverse, it's like, okay, this one, this one obviously has some kind of secondary meaning to what it means upright. So but also... I think a lot of that is how you do your spreads and how you do the reading itself. Um, When I do tarot spreads, I'm very intuitive and I really let the cards speak to me. I tried to teach myself tarot as flashcards and it did not work. It only started to work for me when I was like, okay, just read the cards. Like, what are the cards telling you? So when I do tarot spreads, I'll let whatever cards pop out. And I'll see them and let them speak to me and weave themselves into a story. So I definitely allow the upright or reverse meaning of the card come into place. But I really like the idea of that just kind of being like this tag. Like this is just kind of an additional insight that this card is playing a bigger role in your life right now or in the way you're making decisions. Yeah. And I think, like, when we're talking about this idea of loneliness that can be associated with the reverse of the card, or, quite frankly, with the upright version, I think about what we were saying before. I think when I think of the hermit, I almost envision him traveling from town to town and, like, holding up his lantern uh, for anyone who needs his guidance to come find him. So I think of him almost more like a pilgrim, maybe, in the traditional sense of the word, than than like a hermit like I think of him as being like a traveler who doesn't necessarily have strong roots with any like one base so to speak but who is very invested in the world and invested in helping anyone achieve a higher end and not just those who maybe have like a close relation or something of or a relationship of importance but that everyone deserves to have the opportunity to learn and grow as a person it's so interesting like listening to this because i i bet if we googled like the definition of a hermit that's not (laughs) what it would say but that's really what i get from the card like i think when i hear the word hermit i think of like the grinch up on his little mountaintop (laughs) all alone but when i look at this card that's just not what i feel i feel it as To me, it is a very positive card, but I think if you're kind of looking at tarot and you don't know what it is and you see the word the hermit, that's not necessarily the interpretation that would come to mind. Yeah, and that's why I think it really, you know, I think you were talking about it just a moment ago, but further emphasizes that reading tarot is not a series of instructions. It is, or a series of definitions, it is all about your relationship to these cards and like what they evoke for you what images or what concepts or ideas 
they bring up for you, what stories they can tell to you. And that can change one reading to the next. I mean, there are still these kind of basic conceits or concepts associated with the cards, but that there's so much fluidity in that meaning and how you can extrapolate that basic idea. And it's okay to do that. So, like, it's okay if we, let's say, you and I both pulled the Hermit and, I don't whatever other card, who cares? Let's say we pulled the Hermit and the Lovers. It doesn't matter. You and I could look at that and have very different interpretations of what that pairing of cards means. But that doesn't mean that either of us are wrong. It just, because these cards are so inherent to the reader. Like, they are so inherent to the reader and the person you're reading for. And their relationship to it and these ideas it's going to be unique every time yes i really like that about tarot too it's i think there are i'm in the middle of missouri very conservative area it's like people think that tarot is like the work of the devil and it's like no it's really just this tool of introspection and being able to look inward and there's nothing but you know room for true creativity and just like letting yourself see what there is in front of you and letting these cards speak to you but also it's impossible even when you do readings for yourself especially like or a family member you pull these things and if you know what's going on in somebody's life these readings become so much stronger and they mean so much more when you're able to really apply them to the situation that somebody is going through yeah i always find it personally And there are benefits and negatives, I suppose, to both. But I find it personally so much easier to do a reading when I have more knowledge of someone. I find truly cold readings, they're just, I guess, not as much what I'm interested in. I understand why some people like to do them that way. I understand that some people just want, you know, just total intuition, nothing but intuition. But for me, I really appreciate it more as... I don't know how to phrase this because the word that comes to mind is like interrogation, but that has such a negative connotation. Well, it's like, how can they help you? It's like, if you don't tell, like, tell the basics of like, kind of what you're going through and like, why you're seeking a tarot reading, maybe that's the question you should ask is like, why am I seeking this? What am I trying to get out of this? It's harder to give a good reading if there's no purpose behind it, which just general, you know, um, question, I guess, is a, is a, is a reason. Is that a good reason? Maybe not. Yeah. Well, especially because these cars are so fluid. It's like you need to have an idea of what thread to follow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You'll just get more out of a reading that way. And I think it becomes because I do really think that tarot is a lot of energy work. Like it can be emotional for the reader and for the person that receives the reading. That makes it so much more impactful if you're willing to share a little bit or if you're, you know, trying to ask the right questions, which I think you do a really good job explaining on these episodes. It's not like, who am I going to fall in love with? It's what can I do to best prepare myself for love that I'm meant to find or the career that I'm looking for. And it's more about you as the receiver than, than like you, you know, influencing other people in your life and how the cards influence others. Yeah. And I would just because 
I think a lot of people, obviously, who do come to this podcast are people who are new just by the nature of the name and what it is. Uh, so I do want to give a little piece of advice, that at least that I think is important for both a reader or the person having their cards read, is just like in therapy, don't be afraid if you are, let's say you're getting a reading from someone and they say a theme and that is just not clicking with you. <laughs> don't <okay>. be afraid. <laughs> You know, don't be afraid to say that. Like, if a therapist said to you, you know, their insight and that just doesn't speak to you, like, you should respond and be like, you know, that doesn't really speak to me and here's why. And then you should do the same thing with your tarot reader. You know, they should be able to say, okay, let's explore it further together. You know, I think a lot of folks just go, oh, that didn't resonate with me. So this is just bullshit, you know? And right. it's like, but there's so many different meanings and this person could only bring it so far. They need your input and your understanding and your reactions and your intuition to help them explore that card with you. Right. Well, looking at tarot as a conversation starter, not as like the closing sentence is how I think, you know, that's the best way to go into a tarot reading. It's like the cards are meant like the magic in the cards is to invoke conversation and to invoke inner thought and contemplation and having it be the start of the conversation only helps you get more out of it in the end. Yeah, I really love that phrasing that you said. That's really beautiful. Well, before we close up, is there anything else you wanted to say about this card? You know, what? I'm really glad you picked this card. Um, I wasn't expecting this one, you know, um, just because I haven't even pulled it in like an actual reading for somebody else. But I really did enjoy researching it. And it's one of the cards to me that feels very obvious now. But when you're looking at it with the front, well, like very first time, it's not necessarily the face value of the word the hermit. So like, diving into it was really interesting and super fun. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a good card. I don't think I'd be upset if I got it in a reading now. Yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of the cards. You know, obviously the most ob like typical example is death. You know, people hear that card and they just go by the name and don't think about anything else further beyond it. And I feel like that's a trap you can really easily get into with the Major Arcana. It's a little easier with the Minor Arcana where it's just mm -hmm. like, you don't have a lot of associations with Seven of Swords, you know, like that right. doesn't that doesn't have the same connotation as strength, you know, so... Right. It's a different experience, and I think you sometimes, I think sometimes it's easier to interpret a major arcana one because it's so clued into maybe like larger thematic ideas, but also can be challenging because you have to force yourself to think beyond that sometimes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I love getting a death card in the reading. Like, I'm like, oh, these new things are coming for you. Like, this is exciting. So it is really interesting. Like, you. The cards at face value really aren't, and like you have said also, it's really about how they play into the reading and into the life of the person that you're reading their cards. So they're very fluid, which is the great thing about it is like anybody can look at these and see something different. Yeah. Well, I know you're not very online, but is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to share? I'm not very online. I really just, I do social media for work so I kind of avoid it but I did think that I'm gonna start doing more tarot stuff on my TikTok so my 
TikTok is Ellie Collective. It's E-L-L-I-E. And then Collective, as in like a group, C-O-L-L-C or E-C-T-I-V-E. <laughs> you got um, it. And um, I'm going to just start doing things there. I do web design, so eventually I'm going to get a website up. But if I do that, I'll s- announce it on the TikTok. And then also Etsy is a good place, too. It's Ellie Collective Media. Awesome. Well, if you want to find me online, I am still Absolina on pretty much everything, except for TikTok. Uh, a woman, I assume, I think it's a mom because it's just videos of a child, took the name Absolina, E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A, and I had like a panic attack. I have used that <laughs> since I was 13 years old. I'm 30 years old now. I've been the only Absolina for 17 years. <laughs> and then someone took it and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with myself. That's who I am. That's my unique identifier in the world. <laughs> but so anyways, I have to be an early adopter of all technology now um, just to make sure I maintain it. But uh, so you can find me on what I'm still going to refer to as Twitter um, at Absolina. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Tumblr at Time Being Tarot, and you can find me on Coffee uh, Ko-Fi.com/Absolina if you want to get a reading from me. Uh, check out other podcasts on our network at MoonshotPods.com, and thank you to Aaron Longoria for making our icon and our theme music. We will catch you next time with Wheel of Fortune.